Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonia McQueen, with your mind, your body, your choice. Yesterday was Tuesday, but it was Valentine's Day, and I just wanted people to live their day in love. And sometimes that is listening to a podcast or watching some great video or something amazing. But as for me, I decided just to live my entire day um, dedicated to my spouse and what he may want to do for the day or where he might want to go for the day or whatever. And as always, the day did not disappoint. Um, So yesterday I was thinking, man, I'm going to do my podcast about love. I can't wait to talk about the heart and what the heart wants and the mind and the but. I woke up this morning and I had a totally different, um, something was downloaded in me that I I must speak about. I have no idea if this is going to be a short or long podcast, but for me, it's a necessary one. So let's get to it. Um, Approximately two weeks ago, I I truly thought I was going to die. It's not one of those, oh my God, I'm going to die. I, I I truly thought it was my last moment on earth. I truly thought, well, I've believed in God all my life. And if I'm right, I'm going to see him within an hour or two. Um, just thought it would be the last breath I ever took. I, I, three weeks ago, I was on my way to the office, and if you know me, I love music. I say it all the time, so you guys know it must be true, right? And I was listening to some old school music in my car, and I was singing, and all of a sudden, everything went black. While I was driving, I couldn't see for maybe a nano of a second. I couldn't see for a second. And, of course, imagine you're driving, and all of a sudden, your vision goes. Scared the crap out of me. And instantly, what do I do in traffic? I take my foot off the gas, but then my vision came right back, but everything was blurry. I couldn't make out anything. Uh, Sign, cars, I couldn't make out anything, but somehow I managed to pull over. There was a shoulder, thank goodness. I pulled over to the shoulder and I started feeling nauseated. And um, well, I work in the medical field, so of course I thought, oh my God, I'm having a stroke, but where does losing your vision fit in the stroke thing? And so I opened my door. I thought I was going to vomit, but I didn't. I shut the door and my vision started coming back enough for me to continue the less than 200 yards to the office. So I get to the office and... um I didn't take my stuff out of the car. I didn't take my purse. I just grabbed my keys and I noticed I was really, really weak, but I made it into the office and I sat down and I quit. (laughs) I'm not lying, you guys. I I just started the day, the day before. Um, I, I work on contracts mostly, but I will take a position as long as they understand that my evenings and weekends, I might be doing something personal 
and they don't mind that because some companies, no, 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 we want you available 24-7, but there's not enough money for me to make 24-7 working for anybody. So anyway, I quit. Um, I walked back out to my car and a couple of places that had reached out to me, I reached back out to them. But anyway, my vision was perfect. I felt fine. And I thought, man, maybe God was telling me this isn't the place for me. Maybe he was blurring my vision, telling me I'm not seeing straight. So let me help you not see straight. So I make it home and I feel pretty good. And I, you know, really believe that that's why I couldn't see that I was just in the wrong place. Maybe this was not a good place to be. Um, but in the interim, the next day, my vision was bad again. I, I have, um, and I don't know if I'm saying it right. So if any of you are doctors, I'm not. I have 2015, 2010 vision, which means I see 15 yards further at a one eye or closer out of one eye than most people. And I see 10 yards. I don't know. It's something like that. My my vision is better than perfect. So of course, this is scary. So my husband got me some reading glasses um, so that when I'm doing my work, I could see on my computer because nothing made sense. It looked like the words were moving and, and um, it was scary. I wasn't exercising because my muscles were so weak, you guys, you just don't, it was almost like when I had COVID, my muscles hurt, but I could still use my limbs. Or when I go to the gym and I have an excellent workout, I'm like, oh my gosh, it feels like you're walking on spaghetti noodles or your arms are uh, elbow noodles when you're lifting them and things, but you could still move around. You just, ah, ah, cause you're hurting. But I had to literally hold on to stuff to get around. And it would come and go. It would come and go. And one day I remember I was sitting on the couch and I was doing work for a company and I had on my reading glasses and everything blurred with the reading glasses on. Walking to the mailbox, there's a stop sign um, past our gate. And it looked like the letters in the stop sign were moving. I don't do any drugs, you guys. I've told you that before. I, I don't drink, not really, and I don't do any kind of drugs at all. So this was frightening, but I kept putting off going to the doctor until two weeks ago. Um, I was watching TV, having a good time with my husband, and all of a sudden my head started hurting really badly. And so I got up, well, not really badly, but it was hurting. And I don't like medicine. So if you see me popping Tylenol or Excedrin in the day, that means my head is really, really hurting. So I got up and I took a couple of Excedrin. And my headache progressively got worse. It didn't relent at all. So I told my husband, I'm going to go lay down. It was about 9.30 in the evening. And I came upstairs and I got in bed and my head hurt so bad I couldn't put my head on the pillow. So I was kind of sitting up with a pillow behind my head and I had a pillow behind my back and a pillow under my legs, but my headache got worse and worse. So at 11 something, I went back downstairs and popped two Tylenol and my husband was like, um, you can't sleep? I said, no, my head is just killing me. I can't, I I've never had a headache this bad. 
So I took the pills. He asked me, did I want to go to the doctor? I was like, no, hospital. I'm like, no. And I come back upstairs, take the Tylenol. I close my eyes, and I kid you guys not, I kept feeling to see if there was something hitting my head. Invisible. I mean, the headache hurt so bad. Of course, I know nobody's in here with a bat, but that's what it felt like, like somebody was bashing my head in with a bat. So after another hour of this, I started thinking of aneurysms. I know somebody who survived an aneurysm, and I know somebody who um, whose friend or mate passed away having an aneurysm, and they both used the same words. It was the worst headache they ever had in their life, and that's exactly how I felt. So I went ahead and got up and started getting dressed. And I, I did not want my husband to go with me. I'm going to drive myself because he could sit here instead of being stuck in a hospital. And that's just how I think. So don't shake your head. But of course, when he seen me coming down dressed, he said, hold on. He came and got dressed and took me. I was so weak. And um, he was driving by an urgent care. And I was telling him the urgent care doesn't have certain things I'm going to need. So I grabbed my phone to look, and as soon as I looked at my phone, my mouth started watering up like I was going to throw up, and I told him, oh my God, I'm going to throw up, and my it was like my eyes felt like they switched positions. It was such an excruciating pain, and my pain tolerance is so high. It was so high, or it is so high, I wanted to cry. But I didn't. We got to the hospital and he dropped me off so he could park and I'm holding on to stuff to get in there. And as soon as I signed in, they came out and took me and they kept me and they ran every test you could imagine. Um, every test you could imagine. MRI, MRV, CAT scan. They did a, a scan on my brain. They did a scan to see if, you know, if maybe it was um, MS they did a scan to see if it was gravis. Um, they checked my veins and my legs. They checked my lungs to see if maybe I was having a problem with my lungs, which was causing my uh, brain to react. They checked everything. I was there for days and they were stumped because if you stood in front of me, you knew I had intense pain. I didn't make any noise, but you could literally see my head pulsating. And I don't mean, you know how some people, like if you clench your teeth right now and you do it over and over, your head pulsates a little. Mine was pulsating a lot. <clears throat> Pain was amazing. I didn't sleep for three days. For three days straight, I did not sleep because they could not relieve the pain. And what happened was when I was in the, um, in the ER, they gave me to Tylenol and they didn't work at all. So when I went to the room, it was a few hours later, it was time to give me something else. They tried to give me Tylenol and I refused it. I said, I'm not going to take medicine that doesn't work. You guys aren't going to just give me something just to give me something. I'm okay. It, I, I, I'll, I'd rather take nothing than to put drugs in my system that aren't working. So they came back with another pill and they said it's it's specifically for migraines and it didn't work. So they came back and tried to give me something else and I refused everything after that. Um, 
until another nurse came on shift day two. And she told me about another medication she was going to ask the doctor if I could get. I took this pill and it took the edge off. And some of you know what I mean. I could still feel the pain, but it wasn't as intense. It wasn't I could talk. I closed my eyes. Um, I, 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 I could smile. You know, my husband that day when he came up to the hospital, I was able to look at him. That's another thing. I couldn't look to the right. Um, anything to my right, I had to literally turn my whole body or I just didn't look at you. So the last night I was there, which was a Sunday night, my daughter, who is a nurse in Kansas City, she had already figured out what she thought was wrong with me and and what medication I needed to take. And so I was telling my husband and they came and wheeled me down, of course, for some other kind of testing. But after he wheeled me, after they wheeled me down, a team of doctors came in and my husband told him what my daughter said. This is what she thinks is wrong with her mom. And this is the medication you need to give her. So next thing I know, the next day I'm being released with all these warnings. You know, if these headaches continue, you have to go. Of course, go see your primary care doctor, which I haven't seen in almost two years. Um, I'm on hypertension medicine. They told me to stop taking the hypertension medicine. I don't need it. That was a blessing. So now I'm on no medication. Um, they prescribed me the pills my daughter said. I'm only to take it at the onset of a migraine. And my daughter thinks I'm having something called aura migraines which sometimes don't cause head pain, but it messes with your vision. You might feel nauseated. You might have muscle weakness. All these things I was having. And um, the medication she suggested is specifically for that. Now, here's the crazier part. I stopped taking the blood pressure medicine, and one day I was having the worst headache of my life again, I wasn't feeling all that great, and I took one of the pills. I'm supposed to take two, but I took one, and um, it wasn't working at all. So I didn't want to pop a second one. I'm hard-headed, you guys, when it comes to medication. But I took my blood pressure, and my blood pressure was 152 over 98. It was extremely high. So, of course, I came upstairs, and I took a blood pressure pill, and it took a while but the headache started to subside. It never went away, but it started to subside. And my blood pressure didn't lower that much. I think it went down to 144 over 89. But it let me know, don't ever let some person, and I know it was a hospital, but they were emergency room. It was a hospital. I was in a room, but they don't know my history or any of that. They just told me to cold turkey, stop taking medication that my primary that I had had for years thought I needed. So I take the blood pressure pills when I feel a certain way. Um, and I know it's a blood pressure headache. It sounds crazy. And I take the other pill if I know it's not a blood pressure headache, because then it usually starts in my eye, my uh, right eye, and it goes up to my temple or it starts with blurry vision. So I I lived. <laughs> That's why I'm doing the podcast. But 
after that 16-minute introduction of my life scare I wanted to tell you guys. I realized when I got to the hospital, I haven't done anything with my life. You know how scary that is to think you're about to die and you're trying to think of all the things God is going to say well done to you for doing? I have the ability to reach so many people and I selfishly walked away from it all because it was too much for me. But I didn't think about all the resources God lined up for me. I didn't think about all these great, wonderful, educated, beautiful souls for free that were willing to help me reach the hurting, the needy, the disenfranchised, the suicidal the depressed. It was too much for me, so I walked away. I pulled my books off the shelves because I didn't want people <laughs> bothering me anymore about this book. And it was never negative. One time somebody posted something negative and I honestly didn't care because I didn't really, I didn't care. You'd have to know my personality to understand how much I couldn't care less. But everything else was love and positivity. But I still walked away from it because I didn't want to be bothered. My newsletters have all these wonderful people sitting down, taking the time to write articles for a newsletter that we're giving away to the masses. These newsletters brought so much joy and understanding and peace to so many people, but I stopped it. Led by motivation, going out and doing my motivational speaking. I had a team of people on different top topics they were experts in. I had a girl who um, had her PhD, but she was a drug addict. She would go and speak to people about addiction. I had a beautiful young lady who I found out has since passed away, but she was in a marriage where she was physically, mentally, emotionally, and sexually abused for years, and she escaped with her life, and she would go talk to people about abuse. If a minister, two of them, if a church requested a stand-in or something, they, they were on point. I could go on and on, but you get the point. I walked away from it because I didn't want to be bothered. Yes, your life is your life, but what are you doing with your life? Are you living it or are you alive? I'm pretty much alive. Yeah, I, I have a fabulous husband. I have these wonderful kids. I have these beautiful grandkids and I have people that surround me, that love me. I had so many people praying for me and I don't tell my business. This is the first time you can go on Facebook. I don't write anything about me being in no hospital. I don't do that. I've never understood and I'm not judging. So if you've done it, don't roll your eyes. But I've never understood how somebody could be in a hospital posting on social media. Them laying in a hospital bed, telling everything that happened to them. Oh, I'm about to have surgery, y'all. I fell down the steps and broke this and broke that. Because I don't like that kind of attention, personally. People ask you, oh, what happened? What's going on? 
you know, and either A, you feel like, well, that's none of their business. Yes, it is because I posted it. Or B, you got to take the time now to answer everybody. I don't want to do that. I don't like that kind of attention. I don't like attention. And I learned that about myself. My husband told me I don't know how to take a compliment. Um, Young lady, beautiful young lady I just met recently at another job I accepted. Her and I speak almost every day. And um, she was like, you are so beautiful. And I never said thank you. But there's somebody else I love that I make sure to tell she's beautiful because she is. And she never says thank you. And I got on her about it. And I told her, every time I say something nice or positive about you, you counteract with something negative. But you never just accept it. And I don't use empty words, but I realize I do the same thing. I do the same thing, you know. Um, But I just decided this past week, I don't know, I have been in overdrive, going to bed one, two in the morning because my mind won't stop. And you guys know I'm an eight, nine o'clock at night person, but there's so much going on. Like the other day, I told my husband, I was about to come upstairs and go to bed. It was 10 o'clock. And I kept taking these six steps forward, six steps back, six steps forward. And I was just crying and crying and crying. And I could not be contained in this vessel, this house. It was like I was about to explode. So I walked out the door at 10 something at night and went for a mile walk, just crying. But it wasn't a bad cry. I wasn't sad. I'm not sad. I could tell something is festering in me and I have to release it. And I don't care if it's one person, one million people, one billion people. It makes me know never mind. But I got to get this stuff going again. And I'm not about self. I'm about y'all. This podcast is probably the single most important thing I've done for me. It has brought me healing. I don't know how many of you listen to this podcast and think, man, I needed to hear that. But when I'm speaking, I need to say this out loud. Because it releases things from my mind. You guys, I don't express myself. I listen to everybody else express themselves. I listen to people call me about their woes. But when it comes to me, you know, I'm I'm pretty much quiet. I have a wonderful praying um, family group that I'm a part of. It's important to me. Me being able to do this podcast is important to me because I'm reaching somebody, but it's not enough. I have the ability to do more. I have the ability to help more people. And I don't even look for a financial gain. You know, I told you guys about a couple of people who their sole purpose was just to do better than me. It was about two things. Showing off and making money. 
I'm not doing either. But I have the ability to help. And I'm going to help. I'm going to help. The newsletters, I started uh, one the other day. The first newsletter is going to be older articles. I'm just regurgitating and putting them on this, but I'm getting it out. And I've told you guys, if you want the newsletter, I'm sonya.mcqueen69 at outlook.com. S-O-N-Y-A dot M-C-Q-U-E-E-N 69 at outlook.com. And I'll send you the newsletter. If you want it in your community centers, in your libraries, in your churches, in your, there's no cursing. It's all positive. It's all love. And it's free. I'm going to start led by motivation again. It's going to be a slow process because now everybody has their own platform. But it doesn't matter. There's something about led by motivation that just can't be touched. And we're going to do it. I'm going to release my books and finish writing the fourth, fifth, and sixth one. And I'm going to look at some of these contract offers I had, and I'm going to sign one. Actually, I, I already promised somebody I was signing one. Um, I have the paperwork. My Johnny Hancock is on it, but I just haven't turned it in. And I'm not exactly sure why, if, if I'm feeling like I'm jumping the gun or if it's just a big step for me. But I cannot have the feeling again that I'm about to die. And what goes through my mind a few days later is, and what have you done with your life? I've raised some phenomenal kids. There's one I didn't raise, he is a phenomenal kid. I have, because I raised some phenomenal kids, I have some phenomenal grandkids. My husband handpicked my, my husband, I'm so sorry you guys, the Lord handpicked my husband. I've been surrounded by loving, caring people. I have people that I can call friend, family, and it's true. We support each other. That's all beautiful. That's all love. And in the midst of all that love, still, what have I done? What have I done? Yeah, I've been in the grocery store and somebody's been short and I paid it. Okay. Or... I've asked homeless people, do they want food? I'm also part of a couple of coalitions whose meetings I have not attended in person in years. But I love to say I'm a part of it because essentially I am. But I got to get back involved. I'm part of the, um, in our county, we have a human trafficking coalition. I'm a part of that. I need to start attending those meetings again. Yeah, it's a huge thing out here in South Miami. Trafficking, it is a huge thing. And everybody who is a part of this coalition, the kudos are amazing. So I need to get back into that. Part of the homeless coalition, but in another state, which means I'll never attend nothing. I could find that down here and start going back to serving in the soup kitchens on my free time every once in a while. Help the homeless. Help the needy. Uh, I'm not Mother Teresa, but my heart is real and it beats for so many people. So I don't ever want to be laying in a hospital for days and days 
and just wonder, what the hell have you done with your life? What is God going to say? I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to make it, but is he going to say good job? Or is he just going to say, all right, Sonia, come on in. <laughs> you were decent. You made it. I don't know the answer, you guys, but I do know tomorrow's not promised. And I'm here today. I'm here at this minute. So I'm pushing forward. And my eyes on the prize. I'm going to continue to mentor the people I mentor. I'm going to continue to allow my mentor to mentor me. But I'm also going to step out on faith and start doing what I've been ordained to do. And that is to help others. Look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, am I doing all that I can? Or am I selfishly just holding time just because I can hold time? Be honest with yourself. And if you think that you're not doing anything or you're not doing enough, have a talk with yourself and see what you should be doing and the reasoning for doing it. If you want to be a Kardashian, God bless you. If you want to be a Mother Teresa, God bless you. But if you want to be somewhere in the middle where maybe you get a little recognition, but it's not important to you at all, but you do want other people to see the good you do so that they could follow suit. Just fall in the middle. Just fall in the middle. All right, you guys. Um, it was a little somber, huh? I'll, I'll make it up to you guys. But just let's all do better. Let's all do better. Have a beautiful post-Valentine's Day and be blessed.